Welcome to this episode of Bob Cooney's VR Deep Dive Podcast. In this series, Bob connects you with some of the leading innovators and thinkers in location-based VR. Hey guys, so Bob Cooney here, at least where I am, I'm guessing Friday evening in Germany, where my guests are Johnny Delgado and Dr. Barbara Lip from Holodeck. Say hi, guys. Hey there. Hi, guys. <laughs> so Johnny is at Munich. Are you at the Munich airport or Berlin airport? Yes. Um, so I hope it works with the audio. So the flights got delayed because of heavy snow uh, fall here in Germany. So I made it. That's the good news. The bad news, I'm now stuck still in the airport so uh, I can make it to the webinar. But I'm really keen and looking forward to the conversation with you, Bob. I really appreciate you uh, making the time. And Barbara, where are you right now? I'm right now in beautiful Portugal, Lisbon, where the sun has almost set as well completely at the moment. There is no snow whatsoever, no problem. Life is easy. <laughs> I'll be there for the um, the VRARA annual yes, meeting. Is going to be there in June, so I'll be there for that. I have to say that the Portuguese VRAR uh, chapter is one of the best. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. only know three, but it's really amazing. They do awesome. great stuff. Cool. Awesome. So, hey, I want to welcome everybody that's joined so far. The webinar series is getting, you know, it's got great. We've got like 215 registered people for this one. I will be sending out a replay link too. So something happens. The webinar I did yesterday with Charlie Fink, 10 minutes in, something happened with the platform and it dropped off and I had to reload. So that had never happened before with this platform. But if it does happen, just stand by. And Steve, you said you lost video. Just let me know if I'm still coming through. So, because I'm seeing myself and everything looks good from here. At a high level, the things we're going to be talking about today really are, um, and I'm going to try not to be too technical, but some of this will be technical. We'll be talking about tracking systems a little bit, because there's a lot happening in the world of, of free roam VR and, and how tracking technology is changing literally as we speak. And Holodeck has some really unique approaches to tracking that that when I first found out about it, I was really interested in it. But now that things with Inside Out are happening, I think it's becoming even more relevant. And I want to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about content, too, because when I met, um, so I first met Barbara at the Game Developers Conference. Was it just last year, Barbara? It seems like it was years ago. I know. I know. Yeah. We don't we, know each other for a year, Bob. Well, uh, it feels like way longer than that. And I felt a kindred spirit. So Barbara, first of all, is a huge Star Trek fan, like the yeah. biggest Trekkie I know. And the thing that she believes in is like this whole content of an open platform and building community around content. And so I was really attracted to that because a lot of what I hear when I talk to people in the VR industry, especially on the solution provider side, is they all want to... They all seem to want to control the content. Like they want to highly curate the library. Like they know what's best. And when I talk to operators, what operators want absolutely clearly is they want an app store. They want to decide what works for them and their customers. And they want a platform that's open. And it's and look, and that's come from the iPhone, right? I mean, the iPhone changed the way operators view platforms. I remember in, the, in 2000, when I was a global VR, we were trying to promote the VR Vortex as a platform with multiple games. The narrative was, I just want one good game. And that's what operators would say. And now when you say you have one good game, they're like, well, how many more are coming? 
And so let's start out with the content stuff, if that's okay. And Barbara, just talk a little bit about your your thinking and theory around content curation and content development around Holodeck. Thanks so much, Bob, for your trust as well and inviting us here to this webinar. So I'm a content creator myself. I started as a character designer in video games back, I think now, 18 years ago in Japan. So I was in video games, online worlds, social online games for a long time. And now I re-meet and rediscover a lot of the partners I was working with back then in VR. And it's like a big family coming together again after a break of mobile games. <laughs> um, it's a wonderful feeling. I mean, GDC, where we met, is like one of my staples. I, I have to be there. I meet all my old and new buddies. And yeah, I was always involved in game creation, but also then headed uh, the program at one of the biggest European game conferences, Nordic Game. It's still happening. And now I'm head of curation at the biggest VR, XR event in Europe, VR Days Europe, where you also were a great mentor this year, Bob. This helps me a lot to have access, let's say, to the best of the best. When I got involved in Holodeck, actually through VR Days, it was also that I found Holodeck. So thanks a lot to this event that I could become part of Holodeck, which is like a dream somehow coming true for a Trekkie to work for a company called Holodeck, building Holodecks. So, and I think this passion I have for the vision of the Holodeck. So my vision of the Holodeck is really the Star Trek Holodeck, meaning if in the future mankind or humankind is not able to live anymore on this planet, traveling for generations in space, being limited by space, financial reasons, social reasons, health, whatever, they still have the chance to live in worlds that are unthinkable or have been unthinkable before and do things together that they couldn't do without a holodeck. Mm. So this is like my big vision of a holodeck. So we are now doing baby steps, making baby steps towards this. And I'm very proud of, of this movement being part of these baby steps. And First, when I got asked to, to become head of content at Holodeck, one of the first things I, I did was to create a little outline of what I think should be the content in these like first baby step versions of Holodeck. And it said, no violence, no killing. It should show better worlds, better realities, worlds together. So the holodeck is all about the social experience of people together. It's not the VR a lot of people have in mind where you have the solitude experience with the glasses on. We have also to think beyond the glasses era, but we're not there yet. So for now, what we can do is just bring fun into people's, into the places where they would go together. We want to see happy faces on kids and grown-ups alike. So it's not the general zombie shooter we had in mind. It's something else. What else can yeah. be done if people explore new worlds together? And that's where we start. We start with simple, simple, super casual games. Let's say like the Pong, the Candy Crush of VR and see what's happening. We want to make people happy and then go from there. So it's simple awesome. as that. And So that was the thing that really struck me when I did. So a little bit of background after we met in... At GDC, 
we had a long conversation. Um, we did a little bit of work together from a strategy standpoint. And then I came to Munich and then we went to Nuremberg to see a demo. And the first demo I saw was about 15 kids aged like six or seven up to 13. It was a so- like a boys soccer team. And they were all just running around giggling and laughing. And, and I actually have a video that I want to try to share. And I think this is the game. It was called Fruit Splash. The life of a canteen robot on a space shuttle can be quite dull. But who needs food anyway? Robots don't. Why not have fun with all the fruit on board? Team tomato versus team lemon. Who can splash the most galactic juice? Kill your body. Don't save life. Fruit splash. And the the players don't actually carry guns. The thing I love about it is the whole thing is you put on a headset and you just, you literally just put on a headset. There's no backpacks, there's no guns, no cables. You put on a headset, you walk in, you're immediately in the game and you're walking around and there's no learning curve at all. And so I call it kind of like the candy crush of, of VR. But the cool thing is it's like, it's really casual. It's like the mobile, kind of the mobile casual games that you see on phones versus the Call of Duty, which is the zombie shooters that we're seeing, which are also awesome and I love them. But there's a place for this and this is really unique. And when you can have 10 or 20 people in one experience, in that kind of communal VR social experience, it's really fun to watch. And so I've been really amazed by that. And to my, I haven't seen done anything else like that. So really well done. Thank you. So this was also our uh, goal with Fruit Splash to have people in and out. There's no waiting time. You can start or you can join in the game whenever. It's basically like a Splatoon kind of version for VR. You paint your world with your gaze. You have only two colors. The universe decides for you what team you're on, either tomato or lemon. And then the battle of the era starts. And so talk us through like, and I'm not sure if you guys can see this well enough, but so Mm. this kind of image, and that's pretty small. Can you read that? Mm, Can you read it, Barbara? This is like the content, uh, like a content outlook for... Yeah, let's go to this one. I think this one's better. And, um, And so talk us through a little bit, just like give me like 10 seconds on each of these games that are available now and the thinking behind, because they're all from different developers. That's what I love about it is you've got, how many developers are you actually working with now? Uh, right now, almost 16 different developers from yeah. all over the world, from all continents almost. So they are hand-selected. So it's a mix of hand-selected content creators, creators I trust that they know what multiplayer VR really means, what social games really mean. And then there are also other creators who come to us. So this is like the open platform we have at the moment. The App Store is in development until now. I'm the App Store. So everyone who thinks they have a great idea, they can write me an email and we we can talk about it. But at the moment, of course, we because there's time restraints as well, people are asking for more holiday content all the time, our clients. So we work with creators who even already have something where I think this would be perfect on the holodeck, like to port it, or studios or indie developers I really trust. I know they can do it uh, in a yeah. short amount of time. And so I'm just, gonna, I'm just kind of flipping so through the have? different screenshot you sent me just to kind of show the variety of, of different games that you guys are working on, just so people can see the breadth. But the, again, they're all mm-hmm. like super simple and... And they feel light and airy and fun to me, at least when I see them. 
Yeah, we have a few, only very few and very like straightforward guidelines. The content should be positive, inspiring. The replayability should be big. It should be social, so it doesn't make sense to play it alone. And physical, because the holodeck is all about moving around in a very big space with a lot of people. If you have this and no killing or violence involved, then I'm happy to talk <laughs> to anyone. And this is all done on Samsung Gears as well. So how they optimize the graphics for this kind of quality, it's, it's really yeah. mind-blowing. And this is what we're looking for as well. So developers can work with the simplest headsets without any other peripherals, even no controllers yeah. for a lot of games. Because this is what our operators and clients want. They don't want to spend 15 minutes setting up their people, their visitors. So this is one of the more technical requirements we have. Other technical requirements are, for example, area size adaptiveness. The holodeck knows how big a room is. Every big is different. So the content needs to adapt to this size as well in terms of pure size, but also yeah. meaning. So you cannot just, you know, cut a monster. And that's a good segue over to the, to the tracking system and how, you know, because everybody has a different size space, right? And Mohammed has a question about licensing, and I don't quite understand. He's asking about licensing, cool. but there's like, that could mean a million things. So Mohammed, if you could post like a really specific question about what you're looking for around Holodeck. Are you talking about licensing content to Holodeck, licensing content from Holodeck from another platform, licensing content from a, like, I don't know what you're talking about. So be really specific and we'll try to get your question answered. Go ahead, Johnny. Working with theme parks is really inspiring because they're really pushing the limits. So, and there we have with VRCoaster, one of the best content studios, like who did all the 70 VR roller coasters globally. So they are one of the best studios when it comes to getting the last little bit of CPU power out of a mobile HMD and still being able to produce what we just saw. And overall strategy is to actually take these pieces, which we have created for theme parks and with theme parks, and then also secondary use them in FEC markets, like for standard holodecks, let's say. So, and that actually is a very important also source of inspiration and of content and closeness to content developers, content IP holders. Theme parks are often close to content. So um, that's let's say the pushing the limits let's say customized holodex and then we have the standard holodex on a high level and so Mohammed's asking barbara around the legal framework for licensing content from holodeck onto other platforms so maybe you, if you want to post your email in the chat and you guys can have an offline conversation around that because i think that's yeah that might be helpful and so john let's talk about that like let's get into the tracking conversation because you know, there's a lot happening there, you know, and Barbara talked about like the flexibility of sizes and all these different shapes and stuff. And so starting with the theme park stuff, like one of their requirements obviously is throughput, right? I mean, the reason that VR first made its way into theme parks on roller coasters is because they were trying to repurpose old steel that had gotten, you know, rather than build a new roller coaster, which could be five or $10 million, you know, how do we refresh something that's been there for a while, wrap VR and theming around it and refresh it? but you still have throughput issues. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about how, you know, you're working with the theme parks because one of the things you guys allow is like lots of player density, big spaces, easy yeah. on and easy off. So you can get people in and out fast. What are you learning in that space? Basically in Europa Park, the flagship installation for theme parks so far, and soon hopefully we, we can announce a different one in Asia. Their target is 200 
users per hour with two trains, each 14 users, and let's say three minutes pre-show, three to five minutes, and then five minutes ride. So, and obviously there's a learning curve with the operators and all that, and that's really what the theme parks are looking after. I mean, 200 is actually rather on the lower end for theme parks. I mean, they rather look up to 1,000 users per hour, and that's basically unachievable if you have to put on more technology, on hands, feet, or wherever. So that's why it was a low-hanging fruit, let's say, for us to start with theme parks because they have space, they have people, traffic, and they have access to content or they're close to content. However, on the other side, we see more potential because they're just more locations, FEC locations. So there are 4,000 theme parks globally. Half of them are potentially the target size, like a targeted group for, for Holodex. And we right now what we see is that really the the innovation leaders, they are they're jumping onto that train, like let's say the front runner, so to say. But as in many other industries, this will trickle down to, let's say, to all of them. And overall, we, with Barbara and, and the network of content developers, we're really pushing the platform. So the platform, the open platform is more attractive for standard Holodex. And with standard, I refer to 10 by 10 meters or so 33 times 33 feet or 10 by 20 meters, 66 times 33 feet for 10 or 20 players. And they're really what we are telling to close the bridge from content. We're telling the content developers, okay, please start working with 8 by 8 meters, so 24 times 24 feet. And this is the minimum space you, you're going to get, and we make sure that you get this from the operators. And then we would love to have some kind of responsiveness so that for operators, they can really use the last little square meter they have for operations and monetization. So we implemented that feature already in some content so that as a, with a browser window, you can really, the system automatically knows what size it has and then the content adjusts and unfolds itself. That's the end of part one of this interview. Please join us for parts two and three shortly.